Welcome to the Venus Rises Astrology Podcast with co-hosts Bronwyn Simons and Rebecca Beer, two Venus-ruled astrologers bringing you the planetary energy of the week. Hey, Bronwyn. (laughs) Hi, Rebecca. We've got a really big week. We do. There's a lot happening in the sky this week, for sure. It's pivotal. It is. This is when we're shifting gears. Yeah. Exactly. I think that right now we're kind of feeling like the the balsamic, like closing energy of the moon. And we talked about this um, last week that it's also the closing of many cycles yeah. um, and planting seeds for the beginning of a new one. So this is when we're shifting gears for um, some major periods. We got a 20-year cycle starting again, a 12-year mm-hmm. cycle starting again. Mm-hmm. 200 year cycle starting again that's right yeah so it's time for closure and planting seeds of new beginnings and that is going to start i think with the new moon solar eclipse that we are having on monday that's the 14th it's monday morning early not too early eight o'clock pacific time (laughs) that's really early Not for East Coasters, though. Yeah. So what's your what's your take on this eclipse? Okay, so 23 Sag, a south node eclipse. Mercury is involved because Mercury's sitting there under the beams of the sun, getting ready to make one of his conjunctions with the sun. So whenever we have a south node eclipse, we're thinking about releasing things, right? Mm-hmm. The south node is where we exit into the energetic realms. So solar eclipse, a big deal outwardly usually, although we were talking about how I think we'll be feeling this eclipse the way we would normally feel a lunar eclipse. We're going to feel it on a really deep personal level. I think there's some really challenging things about this eclipse energy, but I also admire the elegance of a cosmic event like this coming just at this balsamic moment in these big cycles, because it seems like it's opening an opportunity for us to release. Maybe opportunity is even not strong enough a word. It is really requiring us to do that work of releasing so that we're prepared. It's a mandate, yeah, (laughs) to get rid of the crap that you don't want to take with you into the next year. 12 years, 20 years, 200 years. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an opportunity to be seized, to do that inner work. And I think just the fact that everyone will be feeling that pressure, we're going to see that. And, and we will see South Node type events in the world as well. I don't, I don't think there's, there's any way to deny that, that it's potentially a difficult moment outwardly as well as inwardly. But it, I think it's important to keep in mind that it is a pivot point. Something is ending and something new is beginning and there's hope on the horizon. What do you say? Uh, I don't know if this analogy is appropriate, but what honestly came to mind is like, it's like a spring cleaning, but it's midwinter. 
So let's say that you go grocery shopping, you do this every week or two weeks and you get the fresh produce, right? You want to put all the new things into the refrigerator so you can nourish yourself for the coming, um, you know, two week period or whatever. Yeah. But first you have to dig into the back of the refrigerator and throw out the old milk or like whatever, some kimchi that went wrong, or I don't know what's in the back of your refrigerator, but it's definitely about like cleaning out the fridge so that there's space for for new nutrients and new things that are you're going to nurture yourself with um, for the Apparently coming weeks. You, you do know what's going on in the back of my refrigerator because I do have that <laughs> jar of kimchi. <laughs> Pretty sure. Um, it's I love that analogy. It's it's really real. And but the, it's like you have to do the cleaning out and the purging because yeah. there's no room with all those old things that are sort of like rotting and not serving you anymore in your refrigerator. It's time to it's time to clean, clean those things out. And that can be like, you can do this literally mm-hmm. by purging something or cleaning something, but like more apropos, I think for this event would be like, and something that like focuses on ideas that you've had, that your beliefs that are outworn is just like making space or being able to listen or hear or embrace new information without like being such a, you know, Sagittarius can be kind of like a, a know-it-all and I already <laughs> know the thing, so I don't need to learn anymore, but like, this is a time to like, let go of the fact that you know, perhaps you don't know all the things and you you could do with a bit more of that North Node in Gemini that is yeah. open to receiving other information. And that can do with like your perceptions of yourself or how you take care of yourself or how you're communicating in relationships or loving others or caring for. There's so many things. There's always room for growth. So I think that this is a really a great opportunity, a mandate for that kind of like honesty Beautiful. with ourselves. Yeah. 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 You don't have to embrace the new ideas yet, but you do have to clean out the space for them and think about those old beliefs that are hanging out that are just not functioning well for you anymore. Yeah. And I mean, in in conjunction (laughs) with um, the cycles that are happening with Jupiter and Saturn, which is something we wanted to talk about. Jupiter and Saturn are switching signs this week. So Jupiter and Saturn and Capricorn have to do with like historic structures. Often it's related to government, but it can be related to like patriarchy also um, because Saturn is there. Saturn and Jupiter are both like archetypally masculine figures, right? Well, there is some debate about Saturn but we won't get into that. Um, <laughs> but it's about releasing, you know, things that we've been taught. And we talked about this, I think, in another episode about like historically, you know, my grandfather used to think this about like these people that look this way yeah. or spoke this way or these foreigners. This is a, you know, a Sagittarian thing too. Yeah, We're releasing all of these old sort of paradigms that are like crumbling. These structures of our government are changing. Like everything changed this year. Uh, we've we've seen so many holes in the way that we live and how the systems that we have been supporting and participating in aren't functioning or serving us anymore. All of that has been revealed. So it's time to release those concepts because when we move um, Saturn and Jupiter into Aquarius, there is a, a sort of like 
mental interconnectivity or like a concern. Aquarius is associated with humanity and it's like brotherly love. So there's like an opening up and an expansiveness about like how we're perceiving and communicating with other people globally even. And a lot of that has to do with the internet. So we're seeing this sort of like global community growing in our awareness of how the systems uh, that are, are run in different governments and different nations around the world is all so interconnected. Yeah. So it's a, it's a big transition and shift time. Definitely related to technology too and our awareness now that we're all so, so much more reliant on technology because of COVID. So yeah, what would you like to say? <laughs> <laughs> to put things into perspective as far as the importance of this shift, remember that Saturn is a 28-year cycle. Jupiter is a 12-year cycle. Mm-hmm. When Saturn changes signs, that's shifting things for the next two, two and a half years. Jupiter takes us along year by year and kind of sets the tone or the mood, kind of the way the moon does for the day. Jupiter does that for our year. Our collective vibe for the year is very much dictated by Jupiter. They only meet up when we haven't even gotten into that, and we'll get into that next week, but they're having a historic meetup, right? These two big teacher planets and asking us to step into everything that you were just talking about, this big shift from this balsamic phase of their cycle together, the way that our social ideas expand and contract. We've been going through this really difficult period of realization and death over the last year because Pluto's been involved in this too. And maybe we have started to dream our way into some new structures, but this is that really pivotal, vulnerable moment. And I'm not just talking about the ingress into Aquarius, but the whole time that these two planets will spend in Aquarius. It's a pivotal, vulnerable moment. I think it's easy to get caught up in this idea of these Aquarian ideals and things will be better, but things will not just automatically be, be better. This is the opportunity opening for us to use those that greater interconnectedness, that greater vision, that hopefully greater humanitarian concern that can come with Aquarius to actually ground it and use it. So how... How are we going to do that? I think it's going to be one of the big questions of the coming year. Because it is a beautiful new energy that's opening. And it is light and hope and all of those things that we so sorely need after this year of darkness. But our engagement with it is the make or break principle. We need to engage with it in a practical and positive way. And that's what pulls in the work that we're doing during this balsamic phase and the things that we give up during this eclipse. Because... It really does matter the way we prepare ourselves and prepare our own psyches and our own belief systems and our own resiliency. It, it matters how each of us contributes to this rebuilding because it isn't immediate and it isn't all, all light. We're not just going to be running through a field of daisies in 2021. <laughs> no, that, that, this is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I mean, yes, but no. Yes, but no. Yeah. <laughs> Not the way you think. So that personal work becomes all important, which is maybe, you know, why? It feels like this with the solar eclipse, which we usually think of more outward and more mundane. And I mean mundane in the astrological sense of affecting the world. One of the, one of the things about 
the Leo Aquarius axis is finding your balance between self-expression and your contribution to the collective. So whenever we're dealing with Aquarius, we're dealing with discovering that balance within ourselves. And I think it's going to be big this year and finding the way to ground that in small practical actions is going to be really big. And that starts with cleaning out the crappy kimchi from the back of the fridge, because as long as you're carrying around old rotten beliefs about yourself or about society, you're, you're not going to be, you're just not going to be part of the solution. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, yeah. So like we said, it's a big week. It is a big week. So let's go through some days here. We got uh, Mercury and Sag, square Neptune in Pisces. So this actually, that's on Sunday. But I just want to add that like Neptune is, again, a pivotal player in this eclipse. He's been square the nodes for a very long time and will continue to sit in that space for the uh, coming a couple months still, right? So that also has to do with releasing and surrendering some things. Definitely, Neptune. But then we do have Venus entering Sagittarius. That's on Tuesday. That's really good news. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be happening after the eclipse takes place on Monday itself. But yeah. like each one of these points this week, these dates that we're giving aren't necessarily like pinpointed or like even palpable as like a, a certain points for events to take place. All of this energy is like fused together and extended throughout the week. Yeah. You know, so it's going to be very difficult, especially with like Mercury and Sagittarius conjunct the South node, which is kind of like a sucker, like the South node sucks energy out of things. Mercury and Sagittarius is trying to expand. And then Neptune is kind of like draining the juice out of things. There's lots of opportunities to like flush the old things down the toilet. Yeah, we want to use that. We want to use that in a positive way. I think that's so important. Every time we're engaging with the South Node is to use that that powerful pull into the invisible realms. We want to use that in a positive way. But it's because it's going to be pulling things in. Yeah, and and things might be a little foggy and like not mm-hmm. necessarily like black or white or very clear. It's just a big fusion of um, kind of a soupy eclipse energy, and I think that's going to hold hold the bar for what the week is going to feel like. Definitely, even though we have like this Saturn entering Aquarius on Wednesday and Jupiter entering Aquarius on Saturday, it's not like these are going to be like a palpable shift immediately. It's going to no. take some time for this energy for us to adjust to this energy. I think we might feel it in our bodies before we really start to come clear. It will in some way be a palpable shift, but maybe not one that we can yet articulate oh, even to yes. ourselves. Uh-huh. Yeah. It also is a week to be, I mean, I know we're all being extra careful with our bodies, but let's be extra, extra, extra careful with our bodies this week. Just as far as protecting ourselves from these, you know, from any potential airborne dangers that might be out there. So the good uh, protection stone for this week, um, it's called pyrite. It's a protection stone. Shields, uh, though, it's wearer and... Every way, 
Like literally, and it's not, I'm not telling you to like go to the grocery store without a mask on your face because you have like pyrite in your pocket. <laughs> no, <laughs> but it's, it's in a, addition it, to. <laughs> right. It helps with um, cutting through negative vibrations and like stopping toxic thought patterns, which you mm-hmm. might get caught in a little bit of a thought loop. There's so many, there's so much thinking. Definitely. Yeah. So it will help us release that. But also it relates to the solar plexus and the sacral chakra which have to do with that like solar energy, right? Because it's a solar eclipse this week. So I was thinking that we could use pyrite. Something will help ground us and give us a little burst of positive energy. Yeah. It's like uh, helpful for clearing out like melancholy or like, I don't know, these fixed thoughts on like despair or misfortune, which, you know, we're in a pretty dark time. It's winter mm-hmm. in the midst of a pandemic. So anyway, I really, really like, <laughs> I like the pyrite. Yeah. I love that stone even at the best of times, but it can be a really great support this week. I chose honeysuckle, the Bach flower essence of honeysuckle helps us to release negative patterns from the past. So this is going to help us clean out our refrigerators. It helps to break mm-hmm. those ties. And not only that, but it brings sweetness. It, it helps us to break ties with the past because it reminds us of the, the sweetness that we can step into when we let go of old repeating patterns. So I actually think that matches really well with the energy of the pyrite. And I think that any lightness and sweetness that we can begin to invite in as we start this opening into this expansiveness of air, which is going to be all the things that big expansion is, exciting and wonderful and new and good, but also dizzying and disorienting, scattering at times. I like that um, honeysuckle as like Venus center Sagittarius too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Just breaking, breaking away from that Scorpio work that Venus has been continuing to do. Yeah. Leaving the uh, regrets behind, the past behind and sort of like pushing forward in optimism, which is what Sagittarius does. You know, I was looking also for a little bit of grounding. This is our last chance to sort of work with uh, Jupiter and Saturn in Capricorn. And I wanted to focus on Capricorn as like the essential oil that I was working with this week. Um, There's one that I got from my um, acupuncturist years ago. It was called Spikenard. He is like, put it on the soles of your feet for grounding. And um, I was looking, so it was in my closet, but I looked up, um, I was looking at and investigating spikenard and it's associated with Saturn, but it's also known as an oil of Aquarius too, which is great because we're moving from Capricorn into Aquarius. I thought that it was like the perfect oil to use as a transition. So uh, spikenard, it's also called Jadamansi oil. And it's um, it's kind of like a woody, musky smell, but it has to do with like promoting calm and relaxing feelings. This kind of like um, tree-like sense that I've been using because I've been sort of like obsessed with like utilizing Saturn in some good way. Yeah. It's very like woody smelling. Jadamansi or spikenard to help with our Saturn this week, calming and centering people that feel like maybe, I don't know, a little stressed out or maybe unhinged by the eclipse energies. (laughs) Yeah, it's a challenging week, but necessary inner work. Do you think we covered all the things? I I feel like we kind of did. 